0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Effective Teaching Podcast from Teachers PD. I'm your host Dan Jackson and in this episode I am going to provide you five characteristics of great feedback. Now the reason I'm doing this is twofold. Firstly, because feedback is vital in learning and can be used to help students to begin to provide their own feedback and helps to establish them as lifelong learners. And secondly, because all too often I see teachers getting this wrong. They spend so much time telling students what they did wrong and not nearly enough time laying out what the students should be doing to get better next time. So the first characteristic of effective feedback is to ensure you are not providing a grade or a mark or a score. It has been known now for a long time that if you provide a mark on anything that's given back to the students they will take one look at the mark, and then completely disregard the feedback and not even look at it. Or if they do look at it, they'll actually see the feedback through the lens of the mark that was given to them. So for example, if Jane is in my class and she's given 40% for this task that she's done, she if she reads her feedback, it will be read from the position of, I suck at this and that I can't get any better. However, if Amy, on the other hand, received ninety percent, she may read it to get, the, to get the feedback, but she might read it from the perspective of "I'm already fantastic at this," and so the feedback is going to be minimal and hardly even thought of. So both of these students, therefore, do not take in any of that feedback at all. So, given that we want our students to one read the feedback with the intention of improving, no matter where they're at, and two respond to this feedback by changing what they are doing, it makes really good sense that we should leave the mark or the score or the grade off of the feedback. Now this will at least help increase the percentage of students who read the feedback and hopefully it will increase the ones that read it from the right perspective. If we want our students to act on any of the feedback we really should be looking to provide this time in class and this is our second characteristic to give time along with the feedback for students to actually improve to do something with the feedback now i love asking teachers what is the best use of class time it's a flipped learning question uh, with basically the idea that you know your presenting of information in your class is not generally the best use of class time and so often what we actually find is that teachers come up with very much the same answers because we all know that the best use of class time involves something where we are available to help our students with the higher order thinking as or at least to be available to help them to develop, to get them into that zone of proximal development, that area just beyond what they are currently capable of but is not so far off that it's seen as impossible. Uh, this is normally requires some form of help or coaching or something from the teacher and this could be in the form of you know uh, immediate feedback it could be in the form of scaffolds or some kind of teaching structures you could provide some guided questions anything like that that's you providing that kind of help that's needed for the students during that time. Now for this reason I really want to encourage you to provide your students some time in class to read their feedback and then action the feedback. Now if the feedback is on an assignment that has already been submitted and graded then maybe provide them with something that is similar where they can practice what they need to improve and then show you that they're applying their feedback rather than redoing the old assessment task because we actually know that often redoing old assessment tasks is seen by the students as not valuable and a waste of their time because it's not going to improve their grade going to change anything but if they are applying the feedback to a new task they can come around and begin to see that uh, this action this learning is actually going to improve them for next time as well and so they become a bit more motivated from that and so i encourage you to provide both support and a form of action and make sure you're giving them some time now Our third and fourth characteristics, I've actually just kind of mentioned up there when I was talking about providing them with time, but I'll quickly go over them. The fourth characteristic is to provide the minimum support needed for the students to improve. So this is where you might be providing that scaffold, or you might give them a link to the content so they can reread stuff or revise something that they got wrong in what they gave you. Or you might even pair them up to work together in some kind of activity Where they are working and essentially being that kind of scaffold for each other as they apply the feedback to a new project the important bit here though is that you are not providing everything that they need i don't want you to be doing it for them you are providing the coaching that they need so they're in this zone of proximal development and in that zone they need teachers to kind of be more like coaches now i come from a pe sports teaching background and so we know that with coaching It's really what you need in this zone of proximal development because this is where you're going to improve. So if with coaching, the coach is watching what the athlete is doing, providing them with feedback about the results, but also more importantly, the feedback about the techniques that are used or feedback around what the athlete is looking at as they go about executing their skill, their ability to read the play and what's going to happen next. And they're providing that coaching, not doing it for them, but just helping them to be more aware of things, helping them to be more self-sufficient in guiding themselves and giving themselves feedback and all those types of things. So that's really what we're looking at. The fourth characteristic is to be action-orientated. So providing feedback that actually has something to do. So your feedback should specify something the student can do that will help them improve in an area that they are struggling with. So for example, if Joe provided information that was incorrect in his presentation, you might tell him he needs to revise this specific content. Then he needs to create three flashcards on it and go over them until he knows them. But if Sam, on the other hand, struggled to look up at the audience as he spoke, you might provide actions such as practicing his speeches in front of his family and friends or before you, before he has to do it in front of his whole class. Or maybe you're going to give him actions where he will improve his confidence, such as putting his notes on cards with the keywords in bold to help him to not lose his place. Or maybe you're doing more practice run-throughs in front of a mirror so that he really understands what he's talking about, he knows that he is competent in that and can then focus more on the audience and reading what's going on around him as he does his speech. Now, it is important that these actions will help improve future performances so it's not just about the current performance that they have just completed it's about how it's going to improve them for next time they have to do a similar type performance or maybe even another just performance that's slightly related now the final characteristic is to minimize the praise that is for praise sake so you should identify strengths and make it clear where they have done a good job but this is different to praise. Praise is general and often has little to no evidence to go with it. An example of this might be someone saying, this essay has some great paragraphs. Or maybe, I really like the effort you put into your performance. Neither of these actually say what was done that was good. It would be better to say, I love how you put together your paragraph explaining the water cycle. It painted a clear picture in my head when you provided such a great example. Or maybe you were very energetic in your defense, which provided really good hustle and put pressure on the opposing team, allowing us to steal the ball more often and, make more, uh, and made us more likely to win. So you need to make sure that you provide specific positives rather than general praise. General praise is inauthentic, which students can smell a mile away. It then makes them less open to your advice for how to improve. So just keep it real with them, and they will appreciate it. They may not straight away, but definitely the more that you are open and honest about this, the more they'll appreciate it. So they are all our five characteristics. Obviously, there could be more that I could apply to great feedback, such as being future-orientated, but I feel like this has been done multiple times, so we're just going to skip over it. So take some time this week to provide your students with feedback using these five characteristics and see how they respond. I'd love to hear how it goes in the comments. So I want you to go to my site, teacherspd.net, find all the podcasts. This one will be at the top or at this point and leave me some comments. Tell me how it went, whether or not your students responded to the feedback and all that kind of stuff. I really want to hear how it's going for you. This approach will help your students to learn and as a result will help them to enjoy learning and become lifelong in this endeavour. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave a review and let others know so that they can come and listen to this as well. Looking forward to chatting with you again next week. Thanks for coming.